You're listening to Table for Ten Billion, a limited podcast series from the World Bank examining the most important issues in food and agriculture. When you think of the world's immense biodiversity, it's kind of amazing that people eat such a small variety of foods. A few grains, a few animal species. Among the sources of protein that remain largely uncultivated, insects stand out for several reasons. They present an opportunity to make a dent in hunger and climate change while creating jobs at the same time. I'm joined today by Dorte Werner. She's the lead agriculture economist in the food and agriculture global practice. She's also the author of a new report on this subject, Insect and Hydroponic Farming in Africa, the New Circular Economy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Can we start at the very beginning? Why insects? There are really untapped potentials in terms of food and the food production that will not drain the planet. And you're absolutely right. Also, when you say that there is so few foods that we, we eat, not many people can count more than 20 animals that is used for food, right? And basically what we show in this report, there, there are many insects that can be farmed. So we could increase that number by 50%, or maybe we could even double them in the next decade. To really understand whether we're talking about something new and what's new in the report, one thing that you said to me before we started this conversation is that human beings do have a long-standing relationship with insects. We raise bees and silkworms, but really this is something new. First of all, let's make it very clear that eating insects is not new. People have been foraging insects for thousands of years, and that's pretty much all over the planet, maybe less in the Arctic. But even in Northern Europe, where we don't have so many different species, like you, for example, have in the tropics. But what is new is to farming insects, like we farm other animals, chicken, pigs, cows, etc. So the farming is new, and not only for human food, but also farming insects for animal feed. When you talk about using insects as feed, I mean, that's pretty revolutionary, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Honestly, right now, most animals that we raise that are being fed is being done with grains and mainly soybeans. And many of these soybeans, they come from far away. For example, in Africa, we see that many of the soybeans are actually imported from Latin America. So with the farming of insects, we can stop or reduce the imports. And also we can reduce the cutting down of the remaining forests in Latin America, because we know for a fact that much of the soybeans actually come from areas that were forested before, for example, in the Brazilian Amazon. What kind of impact can farming insects have on the world? Insect farming can have many impacts, but let me just mention three of the, what I consider the biggest one. So insect farming can be part of the circular economy and provide the socioeconomic impact by creating jobs, generating income, and generating new food and feed industries in the countries where they operate, but also globally as they 
become traded. Secondly, insect farming can be fed organic waste. So that's a way to get rid of our organic waste by turning it away from being a liability to an asset. So that can be used as the feed for the insect, right? Insect farming can have a huge macroeconomic impact. As countries, they can save hard currency by producing insects and using them for food and feed instead of importing food and feed. There's also the fertilizer. So countries can also reduce their use of hard currency to import the fertilizer by producing the insect. So that's really three big ones. How does farming insects work? I mean, I guess it doesn't take up many, many acres, but what does it look like? This is one of the most impressive things about farming insects is that you don't need any acres. You don't need arable land at all, and you need very little water. So you can be a small farmer that just want to diversify what you produce. So you are adding insect farming to the other things that you're already doing, the crops you're producing maybe, the livestock you're already producing. And in a way, it is a micro livestock. And you can have a couple of square meters with a cage, a frame, and depending on the insect, if you have a lid or you don't have a lid or you have tiles on the wall, if it's cricket so they don't crawl up. And you can have insect plants where you produce thousands of tons a year. So everything is possible. And in all cases, you start with eggs and then you harvest when they have grown into, for example, the black soldier flies into larvae and that can be done in two weeks. And then you harvest it. And another side product you get is basically insect manure, which we call frass, which is an organic fertilizer. And these animals have a ferocious appetite. So we get a lot of fertilizer when we're producing insects. Does it take a lot to feed the insects themselves then? You can feed insect organic waste. So basically, yes, they like to eat a lot. And that means that we can get rid of a lot of organic waste, either from household waste, agricultural waste, but any kind of organic waste, even from breweries and other food processes. I can see how that would change life for a lot of people. What would the environmental impact of farming insects on such a large scale be? Insect farming has at least three strong positive environment impact. So the insect farming can supplement or substitute foraging of insects because there's two billion people on the planet that eat insects and most of the people, they collect them in the wild. So by producing insects rather than foraging them, we can reduce the over-harvesting that is existing of some insect species, for example, of the Mopama worms in Southern Africa. So this over-harvesting leads to ecosystem degradations, and also we could save people time from not having to walk outside and looking for insects that are getting, in some cases, actually over-harvested. And also the frass or the insect manure is the biofertilizer. So that's also a good thing for the environment as these biofertilizers can be used to enrich soils in developing countries and hereby contribute to the conventional farming that we know. And finally, the third point I would like to mention is that insect farming can reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And let me just share with you a number. We did some calculation in Africa. We took the top five crops that the top 10 agriculture pro 
producing countries in Africa produce and calculate how much waste we would get from these five crops. And we just took between 10 and 30% of this and fed this waste to black soldier flies. And our calculations show that in terms of emissions reduction, it's equivalent to taking roughly 18 million cars off the road. And that is every year, right? So if we can use this circular economy concept, we can really have not only community impact, we also have country, continent, and global impact. And one of those impacts that you've mentioned is people's employment. That's a, employing people is another way of feeding them. I mean, if you have money, you can buy food. So how does this impact employment? You're absolutely right. When you produce something, you earn money, you can use it to buy food and increase food security. Insect farming for food is probably one of the most promising forms of farming and job creation that we see in Africa right now. And there are so many untapped potential along the whole supply chain in terms of insect farming and processing. I do not know any other protein that you can produce in a couple of weeks like the black soldier flies, right? So that basically becomes a kind of a cash machine where you can sell your black soldier fly larvae every 10 to 14 days. And there's not that many other animals or soy protein, if you will, that you can produce so fast. So as I mentioned, we did a few calculations and based on what I told you before, the agricultural waste in these 10 countries, if we take 10 to 30% of the organic waste of the top crops and feed them to black soldier flies in Africa, we have calculated that we can generate around 15 million direct jobs and indirect jobs along the value chains in Africa. And that's huge. Hence, if we generate income and lift farmers out of poverty, everybody gains. One thing that we also did surveys, so we did surveys in 13 countries on the Africa continent, and we found that it doesn't require a lot of work. And there's about 850 insect farms already that create jobs and generate income. What we found is in general, the productivity of these farms are rather low. So there's a lot of things that we can do to increase this productivity. And another interesting thing with insect farming compared to other kinds of farming is it doesn't require a lot of work. It's maybe on average an hour a day, feed them in the morning, feed them in the evening and a, and a little bit in, in between sometimes. So it's, it's really impressive what we have seen both in Africa and in Asia, how, what a big the potential really is because you don't have to be a full-time farmer. It could be something you do on the side if you want to experiment. Or it can be a full-time employment, a full-time job for you and your family and, and maybe your friends if you get together. Is there already a market for these insects once you've grown them? There is a market. And that we know already from the forages insect. When you drive in Southern Africa, many times when you see somebody standing next to the road selling something, many times it is insects that have been foraged. My colleagues in Malawi see it. I've seen it in different places. So yes, there is a market. And also when you go to Burkina Faso and look in the supermarkets, you can buy vacuum-packed insects there. So all kinds of markets. But the most interesting one that doesn't exist very much right now in the world, and that is for feed, to substituting soybeans. And when I've talked to feed companies, 
they are completely ready to step up and buy insects and substitute with the soybeans because they have all the nine amino acids. And also, as we know, right now we're feeding fish fish. A third of the global fish stock is being used to feed fish in fish farms. That's unsustainable. So if we could feed not only the chicken and the pigs, but also fish insects, the feed companies that I've talked to, they, the problem is there is not enough supply so they can actually substitute the soybean. We're hearing and it's starting to happen in Kenya, but much more production need is needed globally, really, to see us to make a big dent. What role do you see insects playing in the future in the food system overall? That's a great question. Sustainably farmed insects have an important role in the food system. And that is both the part for human food and animal feed. Farmed insect can be a very important source of protein for children and adults. It can be produced fast in a few weeks. And there's not many other proteins that we can produce in a couple of weeks and, be, and use it for food or animal feed. And the animal feed is being fed to animals. People are eating the animals afterwards, right? So everything really goes to food, if you will. And also in the food system, livelihoods and jobs is important. And farming insects contribute a lot to jobs and to livelihoods. And farming insects will also contribute to reducing the agricultural global environmental footprint. And particularly when we use the production model that we come up with in report, where we focus on a circular economy model. When we produce in this circular economy model, we don't waste anything and we all gain. Can this be done anywhere in the world, or is this just for specific parts of the world where this solution is better suited, if you will? Insect farming can be done in any location, really. You just need a little bit of space if you want a little farm. As I mentioned, insect farming do not require any arable land. So any of the arid lands on the planet, we could produce insects. And... Also, in places you don't normally think about farming, for example, in the urban area, we know from another part of on hydroponic farming that that can be done on roofs and in parking lots, etc. You know, it's happening in New York, it's happening in Europe, it's also happening in, in other developing countries. And in this report, for example, we actually do go into the hydroponic farming and WFP has done some phenomenal work in terms of uh, hydroponic in, in refugee camps in, in Kenya, but also in West Africa. So given that insect farming doesn't require much space, we can produce insects in all these spaces where we already do hydroponics and, and, and other things in urban areas, but we could also do it in refugee camps and refugee settlements, because many of them, UNHCR, have done a great job of having refugees produce food, have more self-reliance on, on the food you produce. And of course, they can also sell it. So there's huge potentials here. It's not only traditional farms, arable land area kind of agriculture. This is new. Agriculture is moving into spaces that we don't traditionally think about an agricultural space. You mentioned refugee camps. Can we talk about the importance of these ideas for countries that may be experiencing fragility, conflict, and violence? Yeah. First of all, let's 
step back a little bit because in our report we have a chapter that's on food security in these fragility conflict and violence settings and conflict and violent affected countries their food insecurity is significantly higher than other poor countries and this is what we show very clearly in the report for example 29% of the population in FCV settings don't get enough food while it's in either countries that is not affected by fragility conflict and violence it's 18% so already they need more food and these countries the FCV countries are also constrained by other things there's more macroeconomic crisis in the FCV countries and there are also often more resource constraints including in hard currency but also in terms of other resources including arable land and water resources as we know from africa the sahel countries they're very arid and there's not as much arable land that is really needed to feed the populations therefore moving away from only thinking about agriculture as conventional agriculture needing a lot of arable land and a good amount of water by producing insect we can do it in arid land because we don't need the arable land and we need very few water resources and also it's not only food that is needed in fcv countries as as we know for example from zimbabwe during droughts and floods many times it's the animals that don't get their feed so basically farmers lose these animals so if they could produce feed or the community could produce feed so they would easily have access to the insect to feed for example the chickens and the pigs then there might also be more of the animals that survive and then of course it creates incomes and jobs that many young people and other people they need in the fcv settings so what are the next steps that the world has to take to move forward with this so in terms of next steps let me just take a step back and share with you how we started this so it basically started with me me googling away and finding insect farmers in in different places for example I talked to a fantastic lady in Mexico that told me about how she was producing mealworms I talked to people in Korea and then I got to work with the Korean development agency and they are world best practice I had not found much information but it turns out that being with the rural development administration visiting the research site visiting farmers throughout the country it became very clear that they have a model that the rest of the world can learn from and we have learned from them and that's why we're working so closely with them what we need to do in terms of next steps and moving forward is first of all we need to pilot we need to learn more about the effective and efficiency of insect farming in different contexts So we are starting with a number of selected country in Africa and we hope that what we learn in terms of knowledge generation we will be able to take insect farming to scale in the near future and make a big contribution to increase food security including through the jobs and the livelihood in the places where we do the pilots and also when we take it to scale can we talk about what it is that the world bank's role is here I think the World Bank has a huge and important role in in improving the food systems on the planet. So in terms of insect farming which is which is part of this, I see at least three areas that are pretty straightforward. 
Boban can generate and disseminate information and knowledge about insect farming for food and feed, including what we're doing right now in producing this podcast. We can also work with government on improving the regulatory frameworks and policies for insect farming. And finally, I think providing financing to countries that can go to farmers and to entrepreneurs and improve the food system. For example, by improving the circular economy or moving to a circular economy model that can all benefit insect farming. And that's the role I see for the World Bank. Dorte Werner, thank you so much for joining me. The report is Insects and Hydroponics in Africa, the New Circular Economy. The bank would like to thank the many other people who contributed to this report, including academics and researchers from around the world, as well as the Korean Rural Development Administration. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Table for 10 Billion, a production of the World Bank. We'll see you again soon.